Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, tonight we have on Ryan Drutz of the Specti Drift Series out in Canada. Um, Prime Series, obviously. Uh, they are F, uh, Pro 2 feeder series. Um, super cool dude. Uh, S14 LS. Uh, we talk about drifting, how he got into it. We do discuss a little bit of FD, uh, especially since FD start opens uh, Friday. And uh, make a little bit predictions who we're rooting for. And we talk a little bit about, you know, his program, what he's doing, what his plans are for the season. And, you know, maybe even might even talk about his recommendations if you're going to get into drifting. Um, again, thank you for listening to the show. My name is Gerald Hernandez. You can find me at Gerald underscore Hernandez or at Drifting Pro-Am on Instagram. Uh, we do have, I do have rather, both of those same things on Facebook. Just don't ask me how to find them because I don't remember. You might want to search both. Uh, thank you again, guys. Uh, enjoy the show. How you doing, man? Pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. Just finishing up, uh, cleaning up the garage as the car's out. So, oh, so are you, you uh, getting your livery done right now? Uh, no, livery's done everything. The car's just, uh, we dropped it off last night at the motor show. Uh-huh. Um, so, which is starting Thursday and goes all the way till Sunday. So, yeah. it's just on display at the Spec D booth. Nice. So, for people who don't know you, man, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, you so my name's... And where you drive. Yeah. Go ahead. Sounds, sounds good. So, my name's Ryan Drutz. live in Edmonton, Alberta. I drive a Nissan S14 with a... Six liter LS, and I compete in the Spec D Drift Series in Edmonton, Alberta. Nice. And how long have you been into drifting itself? And then, Drif- go ahead. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So, yeah, drifting itself, pretty much I've been doing for competitively, this will be year three going in. And then I drifted a year before competing, just kind of to get an idea if I wanted to kind of go any further with it, kind of see where it was. Only little to know that it was kind of like a bug that you just get as soon as you start drifting. So, yeah. And how long? Uh, how long before you started driving, or you kind of got your own car to start drifting? Uh, how long before? I'm trying to word this question terribly. Um, how long have you been into <laughs> drifting as a whole? Like, when did you first get into drifting? How did you discover it? As a whole, well, pretty much we, we had Castle Raceway that was pretty much where a lot of the Thursday night drift practices happened. So there's a couple of my friends that I pretty much did car stuff with. I guess I went out once, and one of them was kind of just getting into it. And it was barely, it was kind of grazing the surface. And I think later on ended up, I went for a ride along, and that's kind of what got me hooked into it. And it was kind of like, kind of want to try this out myself, see where I can go kind of keep it simple and kind of just get out mm-hmm. and drive don't do anything crazy didn't want to be building a car for so many years so pretty much just when the car i got it the one that i currently have it was just a stock k kind of just welded the diff did some coilovers and kind of just first season kind of just tried that and saw it. kind of got a kind of a bug with it and then kind of just continued on to where it is today so 
Which snowballed into what I assume is what almost a Pro 2 ready car. Uh, yeah, it's close to that. Yeah, it's kind of not like the full power that a lot of the Pro 2 cars run. But other than that, it's pretty much it's simple. I still street drive it to all the events and stuff like that. So what are you guys' laws like that up there? Because like here, even though my engine came in my car, like I'm not even allowed to have headers in California, at least. Yeah, like, yeah, here it's pretty bad down there. But here, not too picky about it. I pretty much, most of my driving, like, it's, I don't drive it, like, every day to, like, work or anything like that. But I drive it, like, the odd day and then kind of, like, the odd cruising around. But most of the time, it's, like, I do my, like, pretty much all my hard driving at the track. And the street driving, I'm kind of privileged to even be allowed to have it on the road. So I kind of, like, granny drive it around and just cruise. I've never been, like, harassed or anything about it before but then again really have tried to not do anything dumb with it so yeah that's kind of the biggest thing because with like how it is right now it kind of draws a lot of attention so it just and it puts a bad image like if i was to do anything with it like on kind of like drifting like as a whole in our local area and kind of just if i was get caught doing anything like that it would put out like a bad vibe for all the other drivers probably they would be on the lookout hunting for those people. So kind of, I sway away from doing anything like that. So, yeah, that's uh, I think that's said for a lot of people who drive um, at the track, you know, because it does kind of make anywhere, no matter where you're at, it does make drifting look bad. Like we have exactly. a lot of those uh, side shows around here, and luckily no one's kind of like connected the two. Mm-hmm. Um. At least I haven't heard, like, specific wording, like, oh, they're drifting in the street. Like, what you have heard is, like, oh, they're doing donuts at an intersection. So, I was like, all right, cool. That's completely... You can still kind of separate that. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. But, no, anybody who's responsible enough is going to know. Like, even it, it, when I my car is done, like, I'd like to take my kid to school in it or something. But, like, that's the extent of I want to do as far as driving it on the street because... I really don't want to drive that thing on the street. Like with how much money you get into it, you know, let's say someone rear ends you and they total your car. Like you're not going to get that money back. Oh, exactly. Totally. That's another big thing you're going to have to watch for. It's like, yeah, like you might be driving cautiously, but it doesn't take much for someone to easily simply just run a red light or something and hit you. Exactly. There goes, there goes your car, all the money. You're not getting it back. You're like, it's pretty much a complete loss at that point. Yeah. So since you've only been to drifting for what you said about four years now, as far as driving, was there a long period of time before you got the car to start driving yourself? Uh, It was just like immediate. It was pretty, it was pretty immediate for it. So I used to have like an Evo before and it kind of, I wouldn't say I was like really into cars, but it was kind of just a, a semi kind of show car, but wasn't really, I wouldn't call myself like that into it, like hands on. Yeah. And then kind of jumping into the S14 was kind of just just kind of got in it, not knowing what to expect. And it kind of just took away on itself kind of thing. So it was like, got the car, pretty much did some simple stuff just by some advice that I read or saw some videos online for it, like following some people's series and stuff like that. So then ended up just getting out. Luckily enough, we have the ability to like go out pretty much every Thursday night. So, and it was cheap. Right. So I wasn't like going through tires like that. Cause I was 150 horsepower K going out there. 
and just bashing on it, but didn't have to worry about tires, just had to worry about small stuff breaking and stuff. So Yeah. No, it uh I really wish I would have started out in a underpowered car just to kinda not go through all all the shit I went through in my car because my car was a shit box anyways. Um, I started. <laughs> I actually started in the Cadillac CTSV, and oh, yeah. they come with like a shit diff. So I broke one, amongst other things. And it's it's it wasn't a cheap car to repair. Like I couldn't just go get like a used lower control arm, you know, for what like forty bucks. I'm, yeah. This is just all assumption. I never owned an S chassis, but you know, you'd have to go buy like a brand new one. Uh, or you have to find one, someone who wrecked one that's parting it out. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because no one really, there's not like, people aren't wrecking those. They're not that common to come across. Yeah, so. and they're wrecking them now. Because uh, at least, it, I want to say at least like 20, about a good, a solid 20 of them a year. Like I'm in a, um, a group on Facebook and it's just all Cadillac CTSVs. Just the first generation ones. And every every other month. You know, two or three people. Yeah. Totaled car, part out. So. No, that's pretty awesome that you're able to get your hands on that. Like, there's a lot of newer chassis that are coming out. And I noticed a lot of suspension companies are slowly, like, evolving and kind of, like, digging into those suspension-wise and, like, yeah. offering a lot more for newer chassis. So it'll be interesting to see in the coming years. Especially kind of, like, like, for, like, drift-specific, correct? It was what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's where the sport's moving. And then how do you yeah. feel about being in an S chassis? Will you stay in an S chassis? Or do you ever plan on uh, building something else? Uh, it's it's hard to say. Like, currently right now, like, the chassis is really solid. And, like, I don't know if I was ever to get my license or something like that or kind of if everything was to line up for me to ever go down to the States and drive, like, mm -hmm. maybe I would stick with uh, essentially – with the s14 like it's just like the price of going and building a whole new chassis it just it adds up so quickly tell me and about that's, it that's one of the downfalls to it like everyone would love to go out and be like yeah i'm gonna get an e92 and just do a full build on it but it's not easily done with like a low budget let's say even like a budget of 10 grand which is exceptionally low for a you know competitive drift car you're not going to get much with that. Oh, yeah, of course. But, yeah, the nice thing is the only thing I can think of is, like, I could definitely, what I would think I would be able to save money building another car just because of how much I've learned from, like, all my errors that I've made in this chassis where it's spending money in the wrong places at the wrong time and kind of doing things that were kind of unnecessary yeah. at the time. It's one of those things that going into it not really knowing, you kind of just get thrown into it and you kind of got to try different things. You can only take like, I mean, people offer lots of good advice, but it's kind of like, you kind of sometimes have to learn for yourself a little bit, I guess you do. It's one way. Yeah. One way to put it. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Cause I've heard a ton of great advice that went in one ear and right out the other. <laughs> oh yeah. And I totally. think everyone is guilty of it. No one's listening to every single person they hear. But when they do make that mistake, they're like, damn, should have listened. Exactly. So uh, so what is your full setup right now on your car? If you want to go ahead and kind of get into that a little bit. All right. So it's pretty much, it's like what you would classify as a junkyard six liter. So picked it up about the back of uh, some guy's truck, uh, put a cam in it, 
It makes right around 350 to the wheels right now. It's backed behind a CD09 transmission with a Q45 diff in the rear, so 354 gearing, a little bit lower so that you don't have to be like in fourth gear drifting. And suspension-wise, it's got part shop max coilovers and then pretty much their full limit brake kit front and rear okay for that and other than and have that you, have you driven on anything else to compare the part shop max to something else or uh i did run ex- i did run some fdf fab uh control arms with gk tech knuckles so it was kind of a mixed combo uh-huh. so i had like it was a good experience with it but it wasn't kind of what i was looking for i think that was the biggest thing but if I would have just done one person's kit, I can't really vouch for them. Like, they're solid products and stuff like that, but it's kind of like I couldn't really get a good feel of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were probably a solid product. But... No, 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 I was just curious because everyone, a lot of people will swear by a product, and I'm always like, oh, okay, well, have you driven on this product? They're like, no. <laughs> but at <laughs> no, least you're honest about it. You're like, no, I don't have much to compare to. <laughs> but... Yeah, like, I mean, I've... I haven't run cut knuckles. I kind of just got into a basic knuckle on a stock control arm first off. And then, yeah, you run into that. Then you run into like over centering and bind stuff like that. That's like a constant occurring issue that you have to deal with. But once you kind of get the setup dialed in, it definitely makes driving quite a bit easier. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, yeah, no, I actually pick up my knuckles tomorrow. Oh, awesome. So I don't. I don't have a choice as far as uh, <laughs> going and picking something up off a shelf, and yeah. then but like with the parts shop, the parts shop Mac stuff is there. There are it's a fully adjustable, like almost too adjustable to the point where it can kind of be kind of overwhelming when you first put it together. I would imagine. Uh, if you yes don't have no. the experience with it. Like, do they yes. give you like a baseline of like, hey, put it together this way and fine tune it from there? So essentially, like. I pretty much, I'm going into it kind of, I went into it kind of not knowing what exactly is the best. I've, I've learned to get a little bit over it. like kind of suspension set up on what to set up your sway bars for getting like the appropriate like side bite and like forward bite and stuff like that. And just kind of balanced cars. So I kind of have a rough idea with it, but it's currently just on a more of a base setup for it. So essentially it has the toe control in the rear. So that pretty much is just adjusted by pretty much degree increments where you can be a degree in of toe or degree out, uh, like based on compression when you're squatting down. Mm-hmm. So it's currently set up just on a base. doesn't have any gain. I kind of want to play with it this season, but it's really like with the time that I have, it's kind of like it is limited, but it's definitely something I want to experiment with a bit. And then, yeah, for front, I'm pretty much just running like a standard – their sway bar as well, their high clearance, and there's no issues with like ever hitting it. So, but it's sit on pretty much middle of the road for stiffness wise. So, not too crazy, but it's it's there. So, yeah. when's your uh, when does your season start? Um, so it starts our practices start pretty much on the first week of May on the Thursday, and uh, round one is May 19th. How does uh, how does that work for you guys? If you could explain that a little bit. So if you have so, a first weekend of May as practice, and then the 19th, which is what, nearly two weeks later? Yeah, so essentially there's, I think it works out to be roughly three practices prior to it. Um, it's definitely enough time for like 
to like essentially go over all the changes you've made or just making sure that the car is still solid, stuff like that. And I know that while well, this weekend's where we have uh, three days of demos. So I think a total of 12 demos. So there's a select amount of guys that are doing the demos. And essentially that gives them a chance to test their cars out and see, make sure everything's kind of working for them and such. So then, I mean, only the downside is that like, that's our first time out this year. So no one has had time to see if like all their changes will work. So it's the only downfall to it, but that's just what we have to deal with living in Canada and just having like winter for pretty much six months of the year to eight months. So, oh, okay. So you guys don't have like over here, at least where I live, um, like there's a lot of track days that are local to here. So you can pretty much kind of pick up and go to the track any day you want. Uh, obviously if you have the funds to do so. Yeah, definitely. Like, unfortunately, yeah, the further South we go kind of like, I know it was further down, like probably around four hours, sometimes during the winter based on if the weather's right, they might be open like later in the year, uh-huh. but it's not that common for it. But then once you get across the border, that's kind of where a lot of opportunity opens for like, you gonna be able to get more seat time, but it's just a matter of like, it's a trek to get down. I mean, I've been to the States with the car a couple, like one last year was the only year I went. And that was kind of like, it's like 15 hours to go to Spokane. So it's, that's one of the things. And then we went to park. I so think I think you're closer to Spokane than I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, I drove up to Salem, Oregon in November to pick up my Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, 22 hour drive. Oh, wow. That's crazy. You know, and that's probably, I want to say two hours of like lollygagging time. Yeah. You know, which isn't much in a 22-hour time limit. So no. 20 hours. Um, but we, like in California, we're only allowed to do uh, 55 with the trailer. Yeah. So I'll max like 65 just in case. That's crazy. Yeah. But it's And it's the only state that does it. Yeah. that's Yeah, I hear they're pretty strict down there with a lot of uh, stuff, especially right now, I think, with their exhaust and emission stuff it's pretty pretty crazy right now i heard so no it's the same uh the tickets kind of everyone's already over the tickets no one's really still talking about it oh that's good yeah so it was for like i would say like a solid two months and then it just fell off but that doesn't mean that um somebody can't like fuck with you over it because you know cops are still gonna pull you over if they feel you're doing something stupid oh of course (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then for out there, um, so your guys' track days are pretty much all ran by spec D. Like, that's kind of the only time you're able to get a track day for the most uh, part. Yeah, pretty much for that. Uh, there's They're pretty much the ones that hold it at the venue, Castro Raceway. So that's kind of where they we pretty much are there every Thursday night unless something some other event kind of conflicts with it that's on the weekend. If it's like a long weekend event then we won't have a Thursday. And then most of our events are this year. We're only running four rounds. So due to like kind of just conflict of our last round being, do we want to run it the end of September and risk like what we ran last year where it was snowing. And that was one of the issues with last year, but we, we still ran the event, but it was kind of made for tricky conditions being that it was like two degrees out. So, 
Oh no, that's uh, yeah. So was it like thirty-four degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah. right around no, there. Nope. Uh, I'll stay my ass in SoCal. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, definitely well in cold. Um, what is your what are your goals for this season? This season was pretty much uh, kind of just to essentially get a lot more sea time is one of the bigger things for me. That was kind of why I was going to make some changes and adding a little more power to the setup that last over winter, but essentially I kind of swayed away from that and kind of decided that it was better off to focus on just improving my setup and kind of just being a little bit more competitive, being able to get more sea time, get out with my friends, kind of do more tandem and stuff. And if I was changing something then I'm constantly going to be fighting it to kind of get it right. So kind of wanted to, just keep it simple this year and kind of work on fixing some of the minor issues I faced last year. So, and ideally uh, do a little bit better in the pro-am series, but we'll see how that pans out. I mean, whatever happens really, it's a, regardless when I'm out there, I'm having a pretty good time. So it doesn't really matter if I win or lose. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. It's a good outlook. Um, do you, in your opinion, do you think, um, what do you think someone should start out with? Do you believe that someone should just get in any car and go do it? Or do you think that, you know, some people want to build a car and go drive that car? Do you think that, yes. do you agree with it? Or do you think just do whatever the hell you want? I mean, like every car, like, I mean, realistically, I mean, you're pretty much, you're all entitled to do what you kind of want. Like, I mean, there is recommendations, like, if I was just to tell someone the best thing that they can kind of do is get into a car that like really you can just get out, kind of get an idea of what drifting is by just being able to get to the track, kind of get out there. It doesn't, you don't really have to link the track, just kind of get a feel of what it is and yeah. kind of like where it is a basic, have a handbrake, pretty much have a good seat, Oops, hang on. a car and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, some decent coilovers and kind of just weld the diff for that. But kind of before that, you kind of just want to make sure before you get into it too far that you kind of just have a rough idea instead. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going all out and building a car and not ever driving, but in the perfect world, that's not really the best idea, I guess you could say, just because, I don't know, you don't know if you'll, what happens if you go out and write the car off just because you weren't able to have the experience behind it, I guess. Yeah. That's one of the things, but. Been there. Yeah. I mean, it happens, right? So. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and then for like somebody, uh, for somebody who's going to get into this, what, what would be your biggest piece of advice for them? For someone who's going to go into like competition. Competition. Yeah. I think it's mainly just getting the seat time is so crucial to it and just kind of learning your setup. And that just builds up a lot of confidence in yourself before like going into like competition for like tandem and stuff like that. Cause I know it, it changes. Like it's completely different. Like you go tandem out at practice with your friends and stuff. And then you kind of go into competition. I know like it can give off like a, a different vibe that it is like, it's more serious and stuff like that. I try to like convince myself that it's kind of like the same as practice because most of the guys that are on the field and stuff with me, like I'm like friends with all of them mostly, mostly. So it's kind of like, it's like just like practice and it's kind of just 
put on a show and just have fun out there. That's kind of the biggest thing. But yeah, going into it, you kind of just want to be just kind of, just, I would say just like get as much seat time as you can. That's kind of like the bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I got more seat time. I did not get enough. Um, and I haven't driven at all since, since I crashed actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm just going to hope for the best. How bad of a crash was it? Uh, I hit the wall at Irwindale. Yeah. Um, there's a video of it, but I totaled my car. That's how hard I hit the wall. Oh, so, wow. That's so, crazy. um, like my, even my seat, like my seat bracket was yep. bent from the accident. Cause a... we went to put it in my buddy's E46. He's like, Hey man, this thing's a little bent. And I was like, well, make it work. Heat it up. Yeah. Yeah. It must've been a pretty hard hit. Did you have like a Hans device or anything like that? Uh, I guess I, not required. It's not required, but I didn't, there was no, I want to say that like, that wasn't the issue at all. At no. least not for me. No. Um, yeah. I didn't have a problem like with that. Um, but uh, there are a few of the guys that do. And yeah, I think now I do want to get one. It's just not in the budget right now to be ready for everything I have going on, because I have to have the car ready before LS Fest. Yeah. And it's barely, I mean, like, barely going to make it to there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we'll see. And it may not even make it to LS Fest just because, uh, you know, I may run out of money, and money's already getting tight enough as it is, and I still got to go spend, what, like, 600 bucks this weekend to get pick up my drive shaft and then have some uh, aluminum welded that I cannot weld myself. Oh, yeah. Been there. That's yeah. for sure. I don't even have my own welder. Kind of just have to either ask some friends or you have to take it to a shop. Definitely something I want to learn, but it's kind of just a matter of money, right? Because it's not, not cheap to get a welding rig, right? So, kind of. No, I, uh, I, we I don't know if you guys have it. We have this thing called OfferUp. Okay. It's like a kind of like Craigslist, but it's like a phone app. So, and then people just sell shit, and I got a brand new welder out of the box for like four hundred bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, we we don't have that up here. We a lot of the stuff that you guys have in the U.S. for kind of like accessibility and easy to, to purchase stuff and like you guys really don't have do, like a selling market or anything like that like uh, like we have craigslist you guys have that yeah we do have that and kijiji is one of the big things here it's kind of like cross canada for like selling parts and cars but a big thing that's kind of like taking over a little bit is facebook marketplace yeah it's I love kinda, that thing. It's, yeah it's really helpful but it's definitely it's picking up here a lot and yeah it's kind of where i find a lot of stuff so yeah, and that's uh, I just feel sorry for old people who used to have to look in like the penny saver, <laughs> yeah, or the recycler. Like I remember as a kid, my dad was like looking for a car in the recycler. I was like, "What are you doing?" But uh, yeah, now it's a little easier because you get more than one picture. Yeah, exactly. But uh, is that how you ended up getting your motor? Because you had mentioned that you had bought it used, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I got it off Kijiji for it, and then kind of, it was kind of like, that's one of those things when you get, like, an engine from, like, anywhere. It's like, you don't really know as far as what condition it's in. 
you kind of have a rough idea by what that person says and you're kind of trusting them but it's so a gamble far, yeah exactly it's so a gamble far every it's, time. this will be year four with that engine so haven't had really that major of hiccups other than a cam kind of going on me that was the only thing other than that it's been pretty solid so far so. And you said it's a six liter right so it's what is yeah. it the uh the lq9 or the ly6 yeah lq9 okay so, so gen 3 okay so well uh, why is the horsepower so low for a cam and what intake do you have uh it has a ls6 intake and it's pretty much it's a stage one cam from btr so okay it's it's well, not too crazy so like i know how a lot it could be because with the heads that are on it currently, I think might not, they're not like an LS3 head where like a lot of people who run like an LS3 top end really like they hit that 400 wheel number pretty easily. Yeah. It's kind of what I see. But if you're running like the regular truck heads, it's, they're not, they don't breathe as well. No, exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's just like the 317 heads that are on it, but if it's good if you want to boost it. Yeah. If you come across them like 799 or 243 heads, um, the 799s you might find a little cheaper, but they're the same exact um, casting as the 243. The only difference, from my understanding, is that the 243 heads that came on the LS6, that's the only one I verified, I'm not sure if it's the same on LS2, is that um, the valves are a little different. Yeah. So like the 243 valves that came on the LS6 are sodium-filled, so they're lighter, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't have anything like to back that up. It's just, it's shit I've read online, but like nothing I've read from like Chevrolet or GM of any sort. Um, but if you find something like that, they'll those will breathe a little easier and it might bring you kick you up a few notches. Yeah, definitely. The only thing is that I believe that they are rectangular ports, yeah. and LS six is cathedral. So I'd have to run a different intake. No, no, no. They're no. I'm I'm uh I have two forty threes and I have an LS six intake. I'm cathedral. Oh. Well, the more you know. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I, I probably I probably knew that. I just completely forgot. I'll yeah. Be honest, so. Um, yeah. I had found out recently because I wanted to do uh, like my truck that I tow with. It just has yeah. like a four point eight. So I think it's it's a, it's a fucking pig, and uh, I got to tow to Vegas and like it's going for like a majority of that that run. There's like a big hill we got to climb, and I know the truck will get over it. That's not too much of the concern. It's more of like the whole stress on that whole little tiny engine going all the way to Vegas. Yeah. It's not just one hill. There is like a it's a pretty long hill and I'm kind of concerned about it. So we'll see how that goes. I might be getting towed into Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of doing this. <laughs> I know. Hey, you got to get there, man. Yeah, definitely. Right. I got triple yeah. A. So triple A. That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> got that ama gold membership up here <laughs> just yeah. in case you never know yeah that's what yeah we had you guys it's called uh what's it called over there ama okay so it's probably it is. same thing it's as, pretty much yeah it's pretty much the same, same thing as, gotcha yeah. so yeah. it works i mean yeah I, I pretty much have to borrow a trailer if i do need one so it's kind of what i'm working on this year is kind of getting a trailer like a tow rig set up so dude it's at the it's at the point where it's it's close to where it shouldn't be on the street anymore. So that's yeah. why I try to like just drive to events and that's about it. So Dude, it was rough. I uh I had like a to, when I started I had a an old Jeep Cherokee XJ, the little square body Jeeps. With uh, yep. a straight six in it. Um 
you know, they're a little torquey for that little thing, and they don't weigh a whole lot, but trying to pull a trailer <laughs> is a struggle. And then trying to stop with the trailer is just, you know, it's pretty much suicide. Oh and then gosh. I found some dude to trade me, like, my Jeep for his Silverado, which was, like, a complete, like, pile of crap. And uh ended up trading, but I was able to tow. And then my mom ended up, she was like, hey, I'll help you out with the trailer, but you got to pay me back. Yeah. So I barely paid her back, like, last month. Oh, sweet. So at least the trailer's paid for. And then uh that other truck that I had that looked like shit I actually got rear-ended in. So oh. they wrote me a check for a new one. So, well, there you go. So now the one I have now, uh, it's a lot nicer looking, but it doesn't have, it has the smallest engine, the smallest V8 available. Yeah. Hey, those are, those can be workhorses, those four eights. Yeah. You know, it, you can make some power. It doesn't matter. Like it, since Vegas is probably the farthest event I'll do this year. Um, but like I live eight miles from Irwindale, which is the track I compete at. Like yeah. at the drift league, so it doesn't bother me. And then there's another, there's a few other tracks around here that I'll go to, like Willow Springs. Um, that's like what I think like 80 miles from me. Yeah, and that's not too bad. And then there's another one. We have like a couple go kart tracks. Um, those aren't too far either. But you know, like the truck can handle those. But you know, trying to go on that the long distance stuff is where I kind of get concerned, especially when you're out in like the middle of nowhere. Oh, exactly. Right. So were you competing at round one? Uh, no, uh, yeah. I did not. I went to go yeah. meet Sean, though. Yeah, I was there, so yeah. Oh, I didn't see you. Uh, yeah, I was, I was helping Sean out, so. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I saw Sean. He was just coming out of the the driver's meeting. And then uh, yeah. we, me and my son, we got there late. It was just me and him. And then we got there. We didn't realize it was pouring rain. I know. We, we were both like walking around in Converse, so we had to like run back to our house real quick. Yeah. Change our clothes and then we went and then we went back to the track for competition. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so much rain. And I think like everywhere around uh like Irwindale was kind of like not raining, so it was kind of funny. But Yeah, cuz it wasn't raining at my house. <laughs> yeah, didn't rain the day before, then the day after it was like blue sky. It was like, "Oh, come on, really?" Yeah, right? that's, so. That's uh... But no, that's kind of what you have to deal with. I mean, and Not much you can do. Are you coming down for round two? I don't think so, no. No. Nah. It's kind of I'd like to, but it's it's kind of it's not that it's like getting time off work. I kind of have been getting enough time off for like drifting up here that mm -hmm. it's kind of like Yeah. Got a couple events that I'm doing that I have to book time off for that are out of province. So kind of gotta can only limit it to so much. So hopefully yeah. make it out to another event sooner than later. But we'll see. Yeah, I think I got. There's another driver from Kent. He drives an R32 with an LS in it. Oh, Jason, I think it is the blue one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, him. I'm supposed to meet him at um, LS Fest. Yeah, he's heading down for that. That should be pretty good. It's a pretty, it's a pretty rowdy car, and it'll be even better this year with the the supercharger that he's put on it. So. Yeah, I know. I wanted to hit them up too for uh, for a supercharger, but I think I'm gonna wait. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, right? Kind of hold off for now, see how everything is before you add more power. Yeah, exactly, because this thing's already, yeah, it's struggling. Yeah. I'm actually trying to get, uh, I'm going to try to get like a, a 
sponsorship with the engine company this year and see how that goes. I, it's not looking good, but I'm still going to try. Yeah, you never know. That's one of those things with like sponsors is like just throw it out there because you really never know. You never know. They might – an opportunity might come up. They might have an open slot. And yeah. And it works out better for you. That's how – any help is really appreciated. Kind of a, That's the one thing I've learned is just like if, if anyone's – even a little bit, like even that discount on parts, it goes a long way. It sure does. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're ordering – you know, thousands of dollars worth of stuff and you realize, you know, after all the parts you've ordered or you build the whole car and you look at all the percentages you've actually saved, not that a whole lot of people don't really add this stuff up, but you will save like thousands, literally thousands um, by the end of your build. Oh, of course. So I'm not saying to take like a 10% off deal or anything because yeah. I think that's 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 really low. Um, no, Exactly. But, you know, if that 10% off w- might lead to something better in the future with that company, uh, maybe take it. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what you, that's definitely one thing for sure. It's like, but it's, it might not be a lot. Yeah, but, but it's I hard mean, to make that, that, uh, that call. to make that judgment call and be like, well, yeah, I think that's going to be great. You know what I mean? Because what if it's a shit? Like, what if it turns to shit and then, then you know? Yeah, you never know because, I mean one of those things where it's like your car is kind of like a billboard and kind of it's like your way of marketing yourself and kind of like the companies that you kind of represent or that help your program out so it's kind of like you have to choose wisely with it too, kind of to see what's like benefits you as well as like their those companies it's one of those things you kind of have to factor in yeah and then like so who are your current sponsors that you're working with so I work with Advanced Clutch Technology, ACT. work with them and Zestino Tires and Devotion Tire, which is a local tire company here that does, like, mobile tire service and stuff. So they're pretty helpful along with, like, tire. Like, Zestino helps a lot with, like, getting tires and stuff at a more affordable rate for that. Helps a lot with that. And then ACT gives a, helps out with, like, sourcing me like a clutch because with the cdo 9 to uh to an ls it runs a different clutch than kind of what your typical on the shelf is so they source that that helps out a lot so how long have you been working with um act act this will be year two with them so this would be two years and devotion. I worked with them a little bit like midway through last season. And then we were going into this year and then this will be pretty much seasoned like two and a half for Zestino. So, you know, I forget how long ago Zestino came out. Did it, did it hit you guys the same time it hit the U S if you, if you know, I, I think that they might've come into the U S a little bit sooner than Canada, from what I remember, I believe they kind of were. It was close. They were close. I think it was within like a couple months of each other for it arriving. From what I remember, yeah, I remember it was like mm, I want to say around this time in 2016. Yeah, yeah, those. It's definitely it's a pretty solid tire. I like it. So I mean, it's definitely like from its first like batches of tires it's definitely improved a lot so 
Has their compound changed or anything like that? Um, on the Acrovis, it changed a bit because I think that they they changed it so it's similar to a Gredge compound for it. But as far as that goes, yeah, that's that's kind of my go-to for a practice tire is an Acrova just because it's a little bit – it's a lower – well, higher tread wear. So it's not as soft as, like, the Gredge. That way, essentially, I'm not, like, going through practice and killing tires, like – on a garage, I usually get like two to three laps on a pair. So it's kind of in a Crova where I get 12 laps. It's saving me money, right? Yeah. Um, how many? And wait, so you're getting far less laps on the Acrova than the Grudge? Uh, no, on the Grudge. Okay. So it really depends on the track for it. Like our practice pad is pretty much like sandpaper for it. So like you go out there. And you'll just destroy tires because it just goes through them so quick. Uh-huh. So like on the Gredge, like depends. Like there was a time where I was getting like I don't run them on there just for the purpose that I get like two to three laps out of them on there. Whereas in a Crova, I can get depending on it anywhere from like eight to twelve laps in that area, depending on like tire pressure and like how like the temperature is for out on the track and stuff like that. Okay. And then have you guys gotten, so from my understanding, Justino and Valino are sister companies? Essentially, yes, for that. Um, is Justino staying that you know of, and, or will Valino be taking over? Justino, as far as I know, will be staying. And Valino, I'm not 100% sure if they will be coming here or not for it. I think that... There's there's some stuff for it that essentially affect it coming here, is from what I've heard. But that's kind of we'll, we'll kind of see how that works out as far as if they do fully come over here or not. I think we'll find out in the next like month or so if they do. So that's what I've been told. So, so I I just looked on Instagram. It says Volino Tires Canada. Um, I know because they haven't released like too much info or anything like that like they've released some like there there are people that can get the tires now um yeah but it's i kind of want to see them in person yeah so i have seen them in person like i know that i think it was when i was in uh down in california we did i did see the tires firsthand they're definitely they're a little bit more tread than the zestino for it a little bit i think they were an extra like 230 seconds somewhere around there mm-hmm. so there's a little bit so a little bit more added tire life for that and i don't know exactly what their tread wear is on those i think it's a pretty big jump from the two brands that they're currently offer, like the two models that they're currently offering so i think it's somewhere around like a three 300 to like a yeah i think it's like a 300 tread wear all the way down to like a 180 that's yeah. the two models so I know. I, th- I think Sean tested on the 300 treadwear, and I, c- I can't remember what he said about them, but I think he was just like it was a little bit less grip, just because of obviously the treadwear and being that it was a higher than what he usually uses. So, gotcha. Yeah. Do you have uh, any desire to come down to the states like Sean did and compete uh, in a pro am setting, or none at all? I'd say yes and no for that. So like. It would all like, 
pro-am wise i mean it would be nice to go down and compete there just to see what like different driving styles there are i guess like the bigger thing about going to the states is that you would essentially get more seat time due to you guys having pretty much a longer season than us so essentially i feel like the more seat time you get obviously the better you can possibly get as a driver so that would be the one advantage i could see to running down there but then again going down there requires a lot of like having a location to store your car being able to leave your car there as long as you're with your tow rig and then not having the time to work on it because you live here and you have to fly down it becomes a lot more pricey to make it happen whereas here i mean we are a licensing series as well so i mean you don't have to travel that distance to make that happen yeah I agree. If that's kind of what you're looking for uh-huh yeah, I was just curious. Um, I just, I'd like to do the same thing, like to travel around, even if it's just to do pro-am, I, you know, if I can afford it, which uh, actually I can't. Uh, but if I could, I know that I would go travel more to kind of see more places. No, of course, definitely. Like if I, if I had the money, I probably would do the same thing. Like that's definitely something that I would like to make happen, but it's, it's all around budget and stuff like that. You kind of don't want to, overdo it essentially kind of don't want to go too far into it and be like stuck when you get there right yeah yeah this is true do you um do you follow fd at all or not really yeah i follow them pretty closely for it so i keep up to date on a lot of the stuff with it so gotcha so not to get too off topic but uh are you are you looking forward to this weekend are you gonna watch it yeah, um, we're like, so I'm like helping out at the booth at the motor show, but we have a big uh, TV that's there in the booth and we'll be streaming the nice the event. So uh-huh. I'm looking, looking forward to that. Don't get to really miss out on the drifting. So oh, it should be exciting. I've gone in the past a couple of years. I went to Long Beach and it's a it's a pretty cool experience. I enjoy it. I think so. Long Beach is probably my favorite one. Uh, that's the one that kind of like drew me in. Yeah, Definitely. It's probably it's also still my first event I ever went like my first FD event, so that's yeah. kind of what got me into. That's why this show exists because I went to Long Beach in 2015. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm kind of excited for this season, and now they actually have a full field again supposedly, and I hope no one's car breaks down during practice or anything like that, so we can actually see a whole field. But you know how that goes. Yeah, you can, I guess we'll find out. I mean, you can only hope that they have a constant top 32. Makes it a little bit more competitive for that, so that it'd be, ni- it'd be nice if they do have a constant top 32 Yeah. instead of so many buy runs. You got you got anybody you're rooting for this year? Um, That's, that's hard, because there's a lot of drivers I do like. Um, I do uh, de- definitely Chelsea would probably be on my top there, Chelsea Genova. He's yep. pretty good. Yeah, I've, when we we went to park and stuff, and like kind of went out and like went around park or that track with him, and it was a pretty good experience. So like he's a pretty down to earth guy. So like outside drifting, I guess you could say, kind of. So it was definitely, and he's a pretty rowdy driver behind the wheel of that Mustang. So oh for so sure, he's got a pretty cool style. Yeah, uh, he's probably on the he's high up on the list. I think I I kind of I like the underdog. I always have. Um, I don't know if he's still an underdog. I think everyone knows he's kind of like really capable. Yeah. And they're just kind of waiting for it to come out. Yeah, exactly. Like, so when he does win, like there's not going to be a surprise. 
Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, Definitely. what? He won. You know, that's more of like, a, I want to say like Pat Gooden would be like, damn, that's a, that's a surprise. But even not to say because he sucks, but just because he's been <laughs> out of the sport for a year, you know. Of course. And now he's in like a really capable car. Um, But like him, I want to say Denofa, Kaufman, and kind of like, meh. yeah, I'd say Matt Field. I think I want to put those three. I'm, I'm rooting for them this year. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty pretty solid yeah it'd be nice to see some like some people that come in that are kind of cause like a little bit of an upset for it so like think mitch larner who's coming in from ireland it'd be kind of cool to see him do good and pat gooden too come back with a more of a solid chassis yeah kind of that'd be pretty cool to see stuff like that definitely i want to hopefully uh I want everyone to win. I'm like a huge fan of like just the sport in general or just formula drift. Oh, yeah, I like drifting. Uh, but predominantly, like I'm super into formula drift. I'd be lying if I said I watched like IDC or anything like that. I, I don't. If I can catch it while I'm awake, I'll watch it. But I'm not waking up at 2 in the morning to watch it. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, definitely. Yeah, like I do like the other series as well. But like it's just so much more easy for me to watch like FD than it is to watch like any of the overseas series yeah. stuff like that so i definitely enjoy watching fd it's a pretty good like we usually try to at least a couple times like at least one or two rounds we try to like, get some friends together and kind of watch it if we can yeah it makes it it's pretty good so yeah i so i try to i didn't go to um long beach last year because i just finished the BMW and I was just about to start competing. Um, so I didn't really have, and I was making, uh, far less money last year too. So, um, I didn't go. So this year I'm kind of like super excited about it cause I missed it last year. And then the year before that, when I went, I didn't take my son and the two years prior that I went, I always took my kid. Um, yeah. so I was like for 15 and 16, I took my son and then 17 i went with a friend and then 18 we didn't go at all so this year like my kids coming again i'm like all right cool so it's a little it's a little more exciting again and then just uh if you've gone to long beach like when you walk over the bridge you know and they're they're right there warming up or doing practice laps like that's that's kind of like where it all happens like you can be on that side of the fence on the other side of that fence yeah like it is a possibility exactly like that's the crazy thing about the sport is that it's like it's just getting just getting started essentially like it's it's through that phase where it's it's getting the more notice mm-hmm. and it's it's growing but like it's anyone's game anyone can really like get their license kind of make their way up the ranks and kind of get to that pro one level it's yeah. kind of like everything's pretty achievable still at that point like we're not like at a nascar level where you need like crazy money but will it evolve to that over like in the next like 5 to 10 years easily it probably could yeah, and then but. I was uh like I was talking to my last guest. Um, I'm terrible at names. I hope she doesn't hate me for this. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up because I'm feel like a piece of shit now. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's she was actually really cool, but she was telling me um that Kendra Messer, sorry Kendra, um she was <laughs> telling me that it was like it, the price she gave me. You go back and listen to the episode. If anybody wants to know what the price was, um, she, she gave me the price and I was like, that's all it costs for, you know, the fees 
to get into FD. And I was like, I was kind of really shocked. I was like, I thought it was going to be like triple, quadruple what she told me. Like just to get, you know, obviously it didn't, it did not count any logistics whatsoever. So logistics is what? Fuel, hotel. Of course. Definitely. Um, just traveling, you know, food, yeah. you know, but just the expenses paid to FD to get there. I mean, not to well, get there. So when you do get there, you just walk in and set up so shop. Like re- pretty much registration fees and such. Yeah, it was registration fees. Um, I think it was like a spotter hard card. Um, and it's always assumed that you're going to have one spotter for the whole season, which mm-hmm. would be great for anybody. How, how much was it? Because I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think she said it was like roughly like 2500 bucks. But she even said she's like, I think so. It wasn't like a positive 2500 from what I remember. That's not too bad for like, I guess, pro two for the yeah. four rounds but I thought, for it. But I remember I had a conversation with one of the pro drivers once. Um, or I... Me and my friend were asking him questions, and uh, something happened. He was like, "Yeah, you know, well, it cost me, you know, this this is twelve hundred bucks just to be here." Now I don't know if that counted everyone that came with him, um, for his team. Yeah, I guess it easily could. I mean, a lot of people like pay for the to fly in uh, their crew and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of thing, and like people do make like get paid essentially for it, so to work that weekend for them, that's always a possibility for it. So yeah, I, I could definitely see it. That's what I was saying. I'm much. like, was that just registration fees or? Because like the information's out there, but no one kind of like speaks on it. But no one's, and I never, I, at least I haven't heard anybody like just be like, oh yeah, it costs this much to get in per round. Mm-hmm. So at least that's something we got to look forward to. So whatever you're doing yeah. for a li- what do you do for a living if you don't mind me asking? Um, I work for Ford and I'm a I'm a parts guy. So okay. I, I sell I sell parts. Okay. That so it definitely does help, like because I have access to like the automotive industry to get can I discount on parts yeah. through work essentially. So that uh-huh. helps. And is there any reason you didn't go with the Ford motor? Uh, I think other it was than more no one's like- really making a kit for it, but. Yeah, that was probably a lot of it, and I think, like, that was, like, the biggest thing originally when I did it, and it was kind of, like, I had the KA, and it was kind of, like, all right, so I kind of want to see where, like, kind of want to swap something out, but it was kind of, like, I was really contemplating doing an SR in it, but then I was thinking, like, where did I want to, like, take this long-term-wise for it, and I think that's, like, one of the biggest things, like, when you're getting into it, and you're about to, like, transform, like, I guess you could say, and build your car into more of like a competition format car is kind of like thinking, where do you want to take it? Like if things were to line up and it's kind of like, that's where putting in the V8 made it seem completely like the way to go for it. Cause it was essentially what's going to have like decent power off the bat kind of where an SR was going to be a little bit lower, but it's kind of just like a middle of the range. And then what was going to be reliable too and easy to source parts. And that's mm-hmm. kind of just where, pretty much going with the the v8 the ls was pretty much checking off all the boxes for that yeah and that's kind of what made me go that route and it was just more of a question out of curiosity because like with the 6.0 block you were setting yourself up for so much more potential um especially with an iron block yeah um like i have an ls6 box so i'm kind of limited on some stuff like there are people who do have like higher horsepower but you know when you start to get to big numbers like if you're trying to get it get to f 
like pro one numbers, like I'm not going to be able to run an LS six block, um, pro two fine. But like with the six O block, especially the iron blocks, um, you're kind of set, you know, you can take that thing all the way up to like what a thousand horsepower and kind of hold yeah. it there steadily, like, and still be, um, uh, I hate when words fall reliable. I guess. <laughs> yes. Reliable. Uh, yeah. You know, a rather liable vehicle, you know, without having any major issues, as long as you kind of like you have all the supporting mods for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then you just fight drivetrain. That's kind of the only other thing that you would probably that's worry one, about. Yeah. That's one thing I'm trying to like, I know what I'm, I know where my limits at on my drivetrain. So I know I'm good at like around, you know, where I'm at now, which is, I think it's like 420 at the wheels. It's not much. But I know, like, I can stay there and not have any issues. And I don't need to be any faster because no one's, like, I'm not even at that level to where people are blowing my doors off where my car's not holding me back yet. No, of course, right? So that should be a reasonable number to be at. I mean, that's one thing I noticed from, like, when I was down at watching the Drift League. You Like, there's people that are, like, full pro two cars pretty much there. And then there's people that are kind of more of a simpler build, I'd say. I don't think I can say that anyone there was under 300 wheel it would appear. That's what it looked like. Um, the only one was was the AE86. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You see, yeah. I think it's like 200 horsepower. And that thing's loud. And it sounds and looks Maybe a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, the black one. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It was the yeah, only one there. that one. Uh, I think he's like a teacher. He works like in like uh, the Bay Area, like in Northern California. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. That's, and, that's sweet. And he's... Uh, Actually, I should get him on. Um, he's building a Supra. So oh, awesome. At, I think at round... He was trying to have it ready by round one, but uh, he should have a MK4 Supra at round two. That's a pretty rare chassis to be drifting, just because of how... Like, I think, I, I, at least from when I was looking... Uh, if you look on his uh, page, it's, it's uh, Kano Asada. Okay. Or is it Kano Asada? Um but it, but I've also like I remember last season he was telling me he was going to build a GT eighty six. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Like, and then those are pretty attainable. To yeah, get those now. Are, yeah, those are uh, and it's still a current. It's still a relevant chassis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can. I think I was listening to Maximum Driftcast last night when they had Ryan Turk on. He's like, "Yep, this is the seventh season on his uh on his GT eighty six." Crazy. Like his comp car has never changed. Like he's built other GT eighty sixes, but his comp car has always been his comp car. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's uh, that thing is probably tired. You might say that, yeah, but it seems like I think every season I see them like refreshing it in some way, where they like full tear down, paint the chassis again. So you would almost think if you weren't really following that he's doing a brand new chassis. Yeah, it looks like true, but that's what most of the guys at like a pro one level you have to tear your car down all the way down to a bare chassis to make sure pretty much everything's good so that you're kind of set for the following season. There's so much more to it than kind of what we get to see. Yeah, it's this cool part about it. And you know, how are you on preventive maintenance? Preventive maintenance, yeah, it's like for the setup that I have, like it's it's been pretty much just like, I try to pretty much before every event, 
is do a full chassis bolt check on it. Um, pretty much oil changes are usually like I say before every round, essentially I do an oil change. So that puts it kind of around four oil changes a season. And that other than that, like pretty much tranny and diff don't get touched like throughout the whole season, just at the beginning of the season, I usually do new fluid and both. Other than that, it's pretty much just like a good once over at the beginning of the season before going out and mm. testing. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty much, uh, it takes care of itself in some ways, I guess you could say. You know, I didn't, I don't think I popped open my trans once, uh, last year. Like I filled it up and I think I filled it up in like October of 2017 yeah. And then I did not look at it again. And the only reason I'm, I have to refill it up is because all the oil fell out because I left it on the side of it because I have a, <laughs> I have a four speed. So I yeah. left it on the side and the back fell. So everything came out of the tail shaft. Oh, geez. And I was like, oh, looks like I got to buy new fluid now. Yeah, but I've done that. Yeah. And that shit stinks. Yeah. So, uh, no, but that's. I had no intentions of touching it. Like, obviously, I was going to change the fluid out. Um, I actually really wanted to rebuild mine, but it's just, it's not in the budget anymore. Oh, of course, right? Are you running a dog box? No, I'm running an old Muncie M20. Muncie. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty easily, like, obtainable, I guess you could say, just to, like, get, like, a spare. And they're pretty cheap, too, from what I've heard. Yeah, uh, very. So. It. Well, you know, they they vary, um, but you can yeah. find like, like, like we have over here in SoCal, we have this thing called the Pomona swap meet. It's like, oh uh, yeah, I think it's like 10 times a year. Um, and basically, you know, they have like Muncie, like there's old four speed guys that rebuild them and like brand new, it's like 20, um, not 2100, like with a core, I think it's like 1300 bucks. Yeah, wow, that's pretty affordable. Yeah, but you can find them online, and I've I've found them online. I I was broke at the time, unfortunately. I wish I would have got them, but like for like three hundred bucks. That's yeah, that's what a lot of them go for up here. I've seen some people steal them for like they're around like four to five hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean with the dollar and exchange rate right now, how crappy it is. I mean that's pretty cheap. Like on your guys' end, I think that works out to be like like two hundred and some bucks or something like two hundred bucks. Yeah. But Excuse me. and then getting it here would be an issue. Yeah, I guess that'd be another thing. Unless you had a connection for someone who was doing like a border on. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing. And then, but um, but but what I do like about them is that uh, you can actually just go ahead and throw a um, the uh, Tex one hundred one A, the Tex Racing one hundred one A. It's the same exact design. Oh really? So it, like, let's say you ever decide to upgrade, um, as long as your input shaft is the i think it's 26 spline whichever one is not the 10 spline because that's the one i have currently as long as it's not the 10 spline i believe it's the exact same as the text racing one and so is the output shaft mm -hmm. um you can literally not spend a dime extra other than paying for that transmission to swap out and that means like that's your shifter you know that's the clutch that's your drive shaft that's your trans mount it's literally everything you just put it in. That's crazy. Where who does that? 
Is that like RTS or no, uh, Text Racing? Is that's the brand? Okay, yeah. So it's the uh, Text Racing One Hundred and One A. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've heard of those trannies before. I th- think someone's running those in our, one. So one guy, I think, I think is running that in our series. Yeah, it's but, a dog yeah, box. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I haven't done too much research on it, but I do know that like um, apparently Andrews makes gears for it, the Andrews mm-hmm. Dog Box Company. And supposedly yeah. those are supposed to be stronger than the original Tex Racing ones. I, from what I was, from what I understood, I may have under, I may have misread it. Um, but that, that's something to look into. And I've also seen them go for like dirt cheap. Like um, I was talking to another guy, another local guy, and he was telling me that he bought one with a clutch for um, about three grand used. That's pre- yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, if you can get it from like, there's like, uh, if you're able to get in like some of the groups here locally, like that we have, like that's if I was ever to look for a dog box. I think a lot of the guys when they part out their stock cars and stuff like that, they sell them for pretty cheap. I mean, they're pretty easy enough and like to get rebuilt. That for the price that it is, even if it's damaged, you can get a pretty good deal. And yeah, easily fixable. Yeah, and then like, uh, have you ever taken a transmission apart before? Um, partially, yeah. I just pretty much took the casing off when I jammed a gear somehow when it fell off. But other than that, not really taking it like fully disassembled. Like I've re- I've rebuilt a uh, T fifty six before, and they're yeah. ridiculously easy to work on. Um, it's oh, yeah. just kind of like remembering where all the parts go. But granted, um, the T fifty six itself, since it comes in pretty much everything since you know the early nineties, um, there were so many videos on it, like. I had a CTSV uh, T56, but I watched a video of of T56 out of a Mustang to rebuild mine. Wow! So everything like internally, it's all the same. Like some of them, ex- you know, externally don't look exactly the same. But it was like once you started popping things off, it was exactly the same. Yeah, like in the same order. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I have. I've had some friends that have rebuilt them before, but yeah, I, I never had a T56, so it really kind of swayed me a little bit away from getting that far into it. And a CDO9, you can't, it's it's kind of hard to source parts for it, and they're they're cheap enough to kind of find used that if I was to blow one up, essentially, at my current one, I would probably get a used one. Eventually, I'd probably like to go to a dog box, but that's just, whenever that happens, it will probably happen, but... They're not cheap, so. And you're on the stock diff, right? Uh, yeah, so it's a Q45s, or they do run a be- like their beefier setup. So I think that a lot there's some people running like upwards of like 800 horsepower. I've seen, but I'm nowhere near that number. It was kind of the whole point behind that was to kind of do a little bit of an overbuild, I guess, in a sense so that it was ready whenever I decided to go with more power. So yeah, they're beefier axles as well. So. Essentially, it should be ready to go whenever I go with more power. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I know it's getting kind of late over there, man, so I don't want to keep you up too long. Um, uh, is there anything we uh, we didn't touch on that you kind of wanted to cover? Uh, not really, no. There wasn't too much as far as that. Pretty much went over pretty much everything. So. All right. Well, good. Um, not to, I wasn't trying to cut you off or anything. I just no, you know, no, it's, I know it's, it's late good. over there. What do you got? Yeah, it's uh, only what? nine. Oh, well. Oh, we're only an hour difference? 
Yeah, we're only an hour. It's not that bad, actually. Ah. Yeah. When you're like, yeah, uh, wait, was it you? Hang on. I, there's like seven people that I recently scheduled. Someone was <laughs> like, yeah, that's cutting into bedtime. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it's, we're not that bad oh, okay. time-wise. Uh, is there anything? Where can people follow you at? Find you. I'm. Pretty much I'm on Instagram under my name, which is Ryan Drutz. And then on Facebook, Ryan Drutz Racing. That's kind of my two main social media pages that kind of I try to keep up to date on. It's hard on the winter months because there's not much to do as far as that because there's a lot of downtime. But throughout the summer, it's pretty up to date and stuff of what's going on. All right. Well, good luck on this season, man. Um, Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. I oh, know. Thank you for coming on. I, you know, we uh, we had talked about it a while ago, but it's I I have a terrible memory, and I booked a whole bunch of people, and then finally I stopped booking people. I was like, let's just run this thin, and we'll wait yeah. till the last minute to book everyone else. Of course, you know, it's drifting, uh, <laughs> right? But again, man, sure. thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. I'm actually probably going to release it as soon as this is over. Okay, so sounds good. It will be uploaded tonight. Um, Perfect. Thank you again. If you want to, you guys awesome. can follow Ryan at Ryan Drutz. Correct? Is there? There's no underscore or anything like that. Just at no, Ryan it's Drutz. Just one, yeah, exactly. One after another. And it's R R Y A N D R U T S or Z. Z. Okay. Yeah. So no, appreciate that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. It was good. It's good. Definitely enjoyed being on the show. Thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. We'll probably have you back on later on in the season when your season's yeah. over. See how you did. Sounds uh, good. Kind of excited to see how all their all of our guests do by the end of the season. Um, yeah. Definitely. Again, good luck, and you have a good night, man. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye.